All right, everybody, let's go ahead and get started. Let's get started. I won't be before you guys too long, like I always say. Just uh, excited about sharing this, this, this discussion with you all and really talking about discernment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time you've given us, this opportunity for us to get inside your word and to find out how we can better discern um, the things in our lives and, and, and giving us the, the peace and the poise to be able to take our time um, to really examine what's in front of us. So, Lord, as I speak in front of these young people, I pray, Lord, that you give me the words to speak the exact uh, uh, phrases and, and analogies and concepts and ideas to really get them thinking about what's in front of them and how to discern. We come against any type of demonic resistance, anything that may try to hinder um, these young people from hearing and any type of retali retaliation that may be set against me and my family. We cancel it now. Lord, we turn our attention back to you. We thank the Lord for this time again that we have this freedom to get into your word, to bear fruit so other people can really enjoy you and fellowship with you. We thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. So today we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about what is required. What happened? So what happened? All right, let's get into it. Today we're going to be talking about what is discernment and what is required to discern deeper. Um, I was going to go back and talk about focus for the last part of focus, but um, as I was kind of uh, going about my day, um, the word discernment was in my spirit. And then when I went on Facebook in my memories, there was a quote that I put a year ago on discernment. And so we're going to talk about four things today and next week, Lord willing. We're going to talk about what is discernment, why don't people take the time to discern, what needs discernment, and how to discern well. Let me get some questions and some engagement. Uh, in your own words, what is discernment? In your own words, what is discernment? Or what does it mean to discern? Being able to recognize. Yeah. The activity in your presence, whether it's good or bad. Good, good. Anybody else? What is discernment in your own words? I was going to say right from wrong. That's good, yeah. Le understanding right and wrong, yes, ma'am. I feel like it's like being ahead of the situation. Yeah. Being ahead, that's good. All those are good points. Let's get to a definition of what um, discernment is. Uh, I don't know what dictionary source that I use, but it says discernment by definition is the ability to judge well. Discernment is having the ability. I love that word ability. That means you have to develop. You have to mature. You got to actually have the ability um, to judge well. Um, discern by definition, you guys and gals touched on it. It says to distinguish someone or something with difficulty by sight or with the other senses, meaning that for others, it may be difficult for them to see what's really before them. But those who have wisdom, those people who are skilled, are able to see beyond the face of what is presented. And every each and every one of you are going to have something presented. There may be some opportunities presented in front of you now. Uh, a, a guy, a girl, a school, uh, a degree, uh, a, a job opportunity. There's a lot of things presented in front of you, but there has to be some level of examination to see, have I engaged God enough to reach this stage of life where I'm able to discern accurately what's before me because the devil's going to present things in front of you. Uh, random things are going to be presented in front of you. So I don't always want you guys to believe that everything that's in front of you is from the devil or from God. Some things just random. Some things are just going by energy, going by flow, going by commonalities. And you could be on the same basketball team with a person. The devil didn't send that person on your team. But just because something <laughs> or someone is presented, not everything, let me say this, that's funny. Everything that's presented has not always been sent, 
but will and has the possibility of being used. Anything that's connected, the devil might be like, oh, so we see this person is coming close to this person. We see this person is getting intrigued or inspired to go this route. Let's see what or who around that person can I occupy to make that person not fulfill what God wants them to have. So <clears throat> discerning is having the ability um, to judge well. Uh, also, it says distinguish that I have to distinguish between not what's good and bad because that's that's kind of easy to do. Um, it's good in God. Good in God is difficult. You can have a good opportunity. Okay, let me ask this question. Why is good in God more difficult to distinguish between uh, bad and good? How could good? How is good in God or distinguish between a good opportunity and a God opportunity more difficult than distinguishing between a bad opportunity and a good opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. You bought your when you guys bought your car. Yeah. There could have been a silver car, silver version of your car mm -hmm. as opposed to what is it, green? Uh bluish gray, yeah, yeah. Bluish gray. Instead of okay, well that's a bad color. There could have been a <laughs> you white, good, you good. white color as opposed to the bluish gray color. Yeah. God may want you to have the bluish gray color because maybe somebody's looking for a sign that if my neighbor buys a bluish gray car, then I'm supposed to do this, that, and the third, right? But if you would have messed up and took the white car because it looks better or because it has more inside of it, you could be missing your ministry with God. It's little stuff like that. It's the little things and, and the divine and the demonics in the details. They look at details because we're so focused on the big things. We're so focused on what's colorful, what's bright, what's, what's what we're attracted to. But demons and also the divine look at the details. And just like you're saying, like even when I got that car, we went to another dealership to go look at another car. And this whole time of me getting this car, God utilized this one specific car as a, as a carrot to get me to the car that I didn't know I even was wanting. So I was at one dealership looking for a car. We got there and we took it for a test drive. My wife in the back, so that's why you got to marry someone that has discernment as well. My wife said, this ain't the car, but I loved it. She said, this ain't it. And you know what I said to her? I trust you. So we get up out of the car, the same car, but in a different color, a guy was taking pictures of right after we got out of this car. We told the car dealer that we're not going to get this car. We're going to still go look around. This guy was taking a picture of the same car that I just test drive, but a different color. So I said, sir, what dealership is that car at? He says, it's at the Lexus dealership. And so me and my wife just drove over there to Lexus dealership. And while we looked at that car, we was like, this ain't it either. So while we was just randomly, now the thing I want to say before I get there, we almost went home. We don't look for cars all that day. I remember y'all was in my economics class and I said, by Wednesday, I think it was this time, not this time last year, but it was before a break. I said, before y'all get back from y'all break, I'm going to have a new car. Right. And then so I was it was that Tuesday or that Monday. And I was sitting there like, man, I'm tired of looking for cars. And it wasn't a divine voice. It wasn't an angel. It wasn't a dove. It was just flowing. So while we was walking, looking at cars, we were just outside walking, looking at cars. And then next thing I know, this guy that I played ball with at the YMCA, I worked at the YMCA eight years ago. This guy who was on the board uh, and drove by us in a, a new Lexus. And he was like, uh, uh, are you guys looking for a car? I looked at him. He looked at me like the Spider-Man meme. I was like... <laughs> 
I know you from somewhere. Like, and then he said, get in the car, and the rest is history. And then he pulled up. It was between Alexis. Oh, my bad. The story ain't over. Oh, my, my bad, my bad. Oh, he, okay, he said, get in the car, because Dylan, he wanted us to enjoy. So my wife was in the front seat. I was in the back seat. So as we was driving, he pulled up and said, are you looking to purchase a car? And I was like, you know, yeah, I am. And, and it was funny because uh, when we were sitting in his office, he was like, there's two cars in your range that, that, um, um, that we have for you. It was a Toyota RAV4 or the Lexus that I have. And in my mind, I was like, am I ready for a Lexus right now? Can I, can I even, I mean, I can afford it, but it was like, do I even want this right now? And then the guy pulls the Lexus up and then I get in the car <clears throat> and as we drive it, my wife drove the car of the Lexus first because he's trying to, if he can get her, then he can get me, right? She's the one that, by the way, this car can be purchased or not purchased. So while she was driving the car, in my spirit, it was like, this is it. So imagine if I, one little small detail, if I would have just went home and say, you know what, you hungry? I'm hungry. Let's go get something. We'll try this tomorrow. We would have missed that guy coming at the corner at the right time. So most of the things that we're looking for is not in where is God's audible voice? There has to be some equity and some prerequisite disciplines in your relationship with God is so dense and so heightened to the point to where you can just flow with him. The, mature, the more mature that we get, we're able to flow. We're able not to just be like, okay, God, I'm going to wait for you to say something. Or God, what's the school? Sometimes following God is just flowing. And God will utilize a carrot to get you to where he wants you to have. And so discernment is, like you said, it's just... Sometimes going with the flow is also being able to see what others can't. Like it says, some people just have difficulty to see. You can have some of you all, you seen your friends date someone. You're like, man, you can't obviously see <laughs> that he ain't him. You see what I'm saying? And, and can you obviously see that she is not her? And But some people are just not that wise. Now, here's two verses on discernment that is important. First John 4, 1 says, Beloved, we've said the scripture many times, but we have new people. It says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out to the world. Now, every human being has a what? Spirit. Every human being with the spirit has what else with it? A soul. Now, also within that soul could possibly be either the Holy Spirit or other spirits. Right. So. It is, and also, what else have spirits with them? It's okay, I got you. <laughs> demons, demons, yeah. But what else have spirits with them that we have to discern? Other people, Other people yep. Yeah. What else? Territories have spirits? Say it again. Everything else. This building has a spirit. You said what else? <laughs> what do you say? Everything, listen, listen, everything has a spirit. A school has a spirit. Cities have spirits. States have spirits. So what's one spirit? If I say this city or state, tell me what spirit it is. Las Vegas. Gambling. Gambling. San Francisco and Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte. Traffic. Traffic. Charlotte. What, what spirit, what, what principality runs Charlotte? Uh-uh. Money. Money, yep, because all the banks, most of the banks are here. Um, so every, every city, every state has spirits with them. So even a school has a spirit, right? And so you have to be able to say, okay, Holy Spirit, 
I have to discern just because the school is advertised well or the opportunities advertised well, it could be from the pits of hell, right? And so we have to take the time to say, you know what? Is this even something I should even invest my spirit into? Because whatever you invest your spirit into, if it's by the divine, then you will be a source of change. If it's a place that you wasn't meant to be in, then it will be Sodom and Gomorrah, right? It will be something that will change you. Now, when you have the Holy Spirit and you in a holy place, you have the opportunity to change that place. But if you are going somewhere the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to go, that spirit of that place will consume your spirit. So the Bible says, um, beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test. The first word that I want to look at is beloved. It's hard for a person to test well if they don't know how well they're loved. If they don't know if they're loved. Right. When I know that I'm loved by God, I can take my time. When I know that God is good and that God loves me and God has what's best for me, then I can rest until his best comes. Right. But when you don't know God's love for you, what do most people do? They give up. They go look for something else somewhere else. What else? Huh? They fall. But when you know that you love by God, you can wait for that right man. You can wait for that right plan. You can wait for that right person. You can wait for it because you know that God has what's best for you. When you are at stress or when you're stressing, you're basically saying that you don't believe God has what's best for you. If you're stressing about a school, stressing about your grades or stressing about stuff, then it could be partially based upon lack of preparation or whatever. But a lot of it is a lack of love. Beloved. Do not believe every spirit. So people are going to advertise or try to communicate to you that there was best for you. But it says, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. For many false prophets have gone into the world. Another verse that I want to read and I want to labor on a little bit before we get into some more questions. Uh, Hebrews 5, 13 through 14 is a very good scripture. It says, for everyone, make sure I have my, okay, there we go. It says, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the words of righteousness since he or she is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. That verse is very dense. For everyone who lives on milk, what is milk? Metaphorically in scripture, what is milk? But what is what is milk? How you start off. Yeah. <laughs> she said a tree. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. It's how we start off. Now, if you're 40 years old, okay, y'all age, if you're 16, 15 years old and you're still being breastfed, what does that say about you? That's nasty. You over there embarrassing your mom in Walmart talking about it's time to eat, right? But, but, but a lot of believers, a lot of Christians are still on milk. Meaning that, so for instance, can a baby properly discern? No. So when a baby comes out the womb, does it know his hands from his feet? No. Does it know uh, mom from dad? No. Right when it's born? Okay, no. Exactly. So when you're born again, it's basically saying you don't know or able, you're not able to distinguish. So now you got to look at yourself and ask yourself, am I still a babe in Christ? Am I still drinking milk? Am I still unskilled? So, for instance, you can't trust your judgment 
if your relationship with God is not developed. You can't trust your decision making if your relationship with God is not developed. So if you know you ain't spent time with God and it's time to make a decision, you got to be able to say, you know what? I, my judgment is poor. I'm not smart enough to judge right now because I haven't spent enough time with God or have been in practice long enough to be skilled. Kobe Bryant says something like this. Um, he was saying how he is never afraid. You know, he's dead now. But when he was alive and, and playing basketball, he was saying, y'all made it bad. I was just, man, y'all judging the dead. Wow, that's crazy. Anyway, what I'm saying is when Kobe Bryant was alive, he said he was never afraid of taking game-winning shots because he practiced them thousands of times. So when you practice something thousands of times, it alleviates the what? Of a moment. Pressure. The pressure and the fear of the moment. So the more that I practice, the more that I engage, the more I spend time with God, the more the less pressure I feel, the less fear I fear feel because I'm in fellowship. Now, let's get to some of these questions before I break that scripture down. Why is discernment so important? Why is it important for us to discern? Why is it so important? So we can recognize the devil's tactics. So we can recognize the devil's tactics, yep. So we won't be naive. So we won't be naive. What else? That's pretty much, oh yeah, that's the general, yeah, that's two categories, yeah. Yeah, so, so we can be able to recognize not only the devil's traps, but God's treasure for us. How many of us overlooked what God wanted to give us because we wanted what the devil wants for us? Go ahead, swear. No, you just asked a question. What was the question? How many of us have overlooked? Oh, everybody, you were Yeah, we, we've all been there, right? It reminds me of the story, right, of the guy who died drowning. And they said that the guy was asking God, he, he fell out the boat or whatever. Yeah. He, he fell. Uh, okay, okay, listen. He fell out. So he, so, okay, okay. He uh, was shipwrecked, right? Ship sank. He's in the water. I'm working on my storytelling. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have. I should have. Okay, let me set the backdrop. A guy was selling the seas, right? Storm came, okay? Storm came, and, 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 and the, the, the ship was. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, all right, all right, start over. A guy went sailing. The beautiful seas. The sky was blue. The sun was warm. The water was still. But after a few hours, a storm came. The waters raised. The boat moved. Then all of a sudden, the boat began to sink. <laughs> The guy fell out the water. I mean, hold on. Fell out the boat. <laughs> he fell out the boat. Don't leave, Courtney. Courtney, don't leave. Don't leave me, Courtney. I need you. Don't leave, Courtney. <laughs> don't leave us, Courtney. Courtney, I, I, don't leave. I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Anyway, he falls out the boat, right? He prays to God. God, send me someone to save me. A, one boat comes by. He said, nah, God's going to send me a boat. Another boat comes by. He says, nah, this ain't the boat I want to get on. A third boat came. And he drowned because he denied that boat's offer. He gets to heaven and he was like, God, why didn't you save me? He said, I sent you three boats. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is, God always sends your help but it may not be packaged in the way that you want it to be, right? So 
some people are gonna come in your life and you're gonna ignore them because they don't they don't look like what you want in life. Go ahead, swear. No, it was it, it's, other people said it better than I did. <laughs> I know, but then I, I allowed my, my insecurities crept up. But anyway, I'm just messing, I'm messing, I'm messing, I'm messing. So what I'm trying to say is that God will send us the help, but the help doesn't always look like the help that we want, right? And so another question, what are some things we must take our time to discern and why? What are some things that we need to take our time to see if this is from God or not? And why should we take our time? Go ahead, swear. Oh, wow. <laughs> Man, you still far from last week. <laughs> All right, we'll get back to you. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> what was yours? What was y'all saying? I was going to say relationships. Okay, we'll put y'all's two together. Relationships and people. Why, with relationships, why is it important that we take our time to discern? Why? So you don't end up getting unnecessary and soul ties with somebody. That's real. How many of us, my hands up, first of all, I even a question. Have wasted our time with someone that wasn't the one. Dang, Chester. Okay, Chester. Okay, Chester. Many times, Chester. Many times, Chester. Oh, man, he got his chain on. Chester said, many. Hey, Chester. Chester said, y'all don't know me. Back in my old school. <laughs> Back in my old school, I was pulling. Okay, Chester. Just said many times. He, okay, Chester. All right. Okay. I was going to say something else, but I, it's the wrong environment for that. All right. So, so <laughs> all of us have been there, including Cheston. All of us <laughs> have many, not as much as Cheston, but all of us <laughs> have at some point <laughs> been in a situation with a person that wasn't the person for us, right? Now, what are the consequences, right? What are the consequences of being with the wrong person? Getting your heart broken. Wasted time. Now, that's why I didn't want you to leave, Courtney. We needed you. So what, what, what I'm saying is, is that how many of us wasted time? Time is the one thing we can never get back. Wasted time we can't get back. So why do you think people entertain the wrong people? Why do we entertain the wrong people? Yes, Drew. They need energy. They need energy? Yes. They lonely? Uh, because of outward appearance. Because of outward appearance? Mm-hmm. They just get bored. They just get bored, right? How does... That's real. That's why idle time is the devil's playground. Because an idle mind... Idle time leads to an idle mind. Idle mind an idle mind leads to idle hands. Idle hands leads to idol worship. So then you start worshiping idols, these things that your graven images of your savior, because you have idle time. That's why it's important to make the best use of your time. That's why it's important to be purpose driven. That's why every season, every now and then I have to get in writing a book. I have to stay, stay productive. I have to stay doing something so that I don't even make time for the, the enemy to creep in. If I go a week without really engaging my wife, engaging my wife's stomach, my child, right, engaging a school, my purpose, anything or anyone or any girl or woman can creep in. And so I have to make sure that my idle time is is occupied with things that will help me grow in time. 
And so when you entertain relationships prematurely, the reason why we do that is because we don't first relate well. Relationship is relate on ship. You never want to get on a ship with someone that you don't relate to, right? But how can I relate to someone? Hear me closely. How can I properly relate to someone if I'm not relatable to my real self and if I'm not relatable to God? God had to, Jesus had to come and die because the heavenly father was not, is not made, he's not made of flesh and blood. He doesn't know what it feels like to be cold or hot. The Heavenly Father doesn't know what it's like to feel sad or nothing. So he had the third, the second person of the Trinity had to come into this world because we can now have a high priest that says, I know what it's like to be you. Then he told his disciples, said, I have to leave because the flesh version, who I am, cannot be able to sustain you. I now have to allow my flesh to be broken so that the spirit of my spirit can be released, the Holy Spirit, so that when the heavenly father sees you, he sees my blood. And when he sees my blood, I can intercede for you because my blood is on you. Therefore, the Holy Spirit who seals you can now have some relatability to God. So when God looks at us, not only does he see the blood on us, but he also sees his spirit. Now he can relate again because now what we lost in Eden, we now got through the cross. So now when he sees the spirit in us, we now can relate to him. We have God in us. That's why we no longer mere men. We're no longer just regular humans no more. And the reason why we're not leading the charge in music, movies or entertainment or sports or whatever is because we have became the tail and not the head. We have become underneath instead of above. We allowing the world to determine our music. We were the ones back in the 50s and 60s that set up today's music. We were the ones that were the most talented. We were the ones that got rid of slavery. We were the ones that uh, 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 brought literacy. We were the ones that created a, uh, um, the trans, uh, translating book. What is it? Trans. Oh, hold on, hold on. Not, not those trans, but... but but what we did was we helped with a trans... What's the word I'm looking for? Translating, Translating the Bible. If it wasn't for us, most of us wouldn't be able to read. If it wasn't for Christians, we wouldn't be literate today. So what I'm saying is why are we behind now is because we put the Holy Spirit in the back of us and not in the front of us. And so that's why relationship is important because why would I get on a ship with someone that I don't relate to? And most of us, the reason why we get into these unnecessary relationships is because we don't even know ourselves and we barely know God, right? People. Man, some of, some of the, how many of us have selected friends that are not with us right now? We don't have, they, don't, they don't have to be in this room. We can talk about some other friends, right? It could be one friend that you thought was your best, best, best friend come out to find out. Or, or, or any friend. Now, they may not be best, but it could be close right and then what happened to those bad friends right you tried to kill her wow watch your friends well at least she's a shooter but <laughs> keep your shooters close <laughs> anyway when it comes to friends I'm almost done because this is getting kind of when it comes to friends you got to let God select your friends, man. But the reason why we want friends or relationships is because we don't like to be alone. But being alone is better than a lot of places. 
Because you got time to create, you got time to think, you got time to produce, you got time. Because really, when you alone, are you really alone? So when you got God, but the reason why we don't spend time with God is because we're not familiar. Because God has become a stranger to us, we don't really want to spend time with him. Or it could be we don't want to spend time with him because he wants to clean us. God, I don't want to get close to you because I still want to at least sin this way. I don't want to get close to you, God, because I know if I get close, you'll start cleaning. And so, but if you really begin to understand the benefits of being close to God and the benefits of being clean by God, then you will be able to see the clear things by God for you. And that's the process. So then you'll be able to say, man, we're relatable, we're compatible, but I'm going to keep you in the associate category. Like, you seem like you're a good friend because the Holy Spirit knows the inevitable betrayal. There's been people I allowed in my life, been in my house, gave money to, would have never thought would betray me. Would have never thought they would talk behind my back, and those be the ones. And so then, if I would have just said, you know what, Holy Spirit... Should I let them even in my own home? Should I even let, should I even give this much time? But because I was so focused on being the mentor of the year and, and I just want to help as many people as possible, then when you have such a big heart, then that heart is able to be seen to be shot at, broken, scattered, shattered, right? So when you know, hey, I may have a big heart, but I have to also have big gates and protect it because not everybody's a friend. Some, most people you're just supposed to be friendly to. Jesus only, let's say, Jesus had the, I said this before, but for those who are new, Jesus had the crowd, he had the 70, he had the 12, he had the three, and he had the father. Go ahead, swear. Oh, thank you. So he had the crowd. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be thinking you want to, oh, so he has the crowd. Who was the crowd? The, the crowd. <laughs> but, but what was the characteristics of the crowd? They, but did they but did they really want him? No. So you're gonna have a crowd. You're gonna based upon your, your ministry, your business, your ideas, your platform, your social media. I got maybe across all my platforms with six thousand on YouTube, I got seven thousand on Instagram. So what <laughs> I, but are all of those people supporters? No. No. So why so those who advertise their numbers need the numbers for their validation. Those who realize the real number, <clears throat> wife, child, family, those numbers mean more than the numbers you can accumulate, accumulate online, right? But he had the crowd. Who was the 70? The, 70 um, the disciples, yeah, he said 70, right? Who was the 70? What is, what is the 70, uh, the 70s, not the, <laughs> the 70s, the 70s, y'all weren't born, but the 70s represent... People that were committed, people that will do stuff for you, but not do stuff for you. Like the crowd was the people that benefited from the ministry. They ate the fishes and five loaves. The fans. The followers, yep. So the the twelve were the people. The close the close fault, the friends, the close friends. No, no, no. The close followers. So you have the fans. You have the, 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 okay, you have the fans. Let's, start with, let's stick with the Fs. You have the fans. Then you have the, uh, the people who, like Pastor Gould, let's for instance. 
The people, the, the door greeters. Oh, okay. So fans and fans. Fiends. There we go. Fiends, I just want the miracles. The fans, the fans are the people who say, you know what, I'll, I'll follow you, I'll work for you. They, they're the people that hold up your arms, right? Then you have the 12, but in that 12 is still a betrayer, so you got to be careful. The 12 were the followers, right? The three was his what? Friends. Friends. How do you know he was three? He only took three to the mountain. The mountain of what? Transfiguration. Transfiguration means he revealed his full self to them. I'll be a fool to reveal my whole self to my crowd. I'll be a whole fool to reveal my whole self to people that function in my ministry or function for me. I'll be a fool to even reveal my whole self to the 12 because there's a Judas there. If you have more than three solid friends, you're going to set yourself up to have a Judas eventually. So three people, usually one to three people are people that you will fully transfigure yourself in front of. That you will say, this is, see, for instance, the Coach Josh person is the YouTube one. The Mr. Eze is the school one. But Joshua Ejike Eze, not too many people know him. Because that one has a lot of some fears, has some insecurities. Like right now, man, I'm about to have a whole child. I ain't know what, I've never seen a dad before. I've never seen it in my own home up and close and personal. I'm, I'm over here overly critical and God's working on me. I'm over like, okay, what happens in my life will hurt this child? You know, what, what, uh, so now I have to learn a new rest in God. I have to, me, I have to learn a new rest to say, Josh, you're going to be a good dad because I don't want to be that smothering one. Please don't. I, I won't, I won't, I'm, 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 I'm okay, my bad. <laughs> what I'm saying is I don't plan on being that one. That's why I'm doing the homework now, right? Right. So I got to make sure, OK, if she stumbles, let her fall. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be. Oh, no, no. Like, life is going to be rough. Well, I'm right there. <laughs> it didn't happen. So I'm just going to let, let her fall. <laughs> not from high places. <laughs> Leave her alone. Or you don't. If you don't, and if she falls, don't look at it. She's gonna cry. Or just go like, yay! Well, y'all, I'm gonna, <laughs> thank y'all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring y'all to the hospital. <laughs> I'm gonna put y'all on Zoom and let like, what should I do now? <laughs> well, 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 yeah, you'll be staying on standby. Yeah, you, yeah, you gonna be there, okay? But, 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 what was I saying? Either way, your friends and people, you gotta discern. You gotta you. You got to have such a cool relationship with the Holy Spirit where you're able to say, is this even a friend? And Holy Spirit going to tell you, they're going to be a friend for two and a half years, but they're going to betray you right after that. So it's best not to even invest. So if I invest and it's not the best, then I'm going to end up stressed. And y'all didn't even catch it. Y'all catch it. Y'all catch it. Y'all catch it. No. I, I, if I invest, and if I don't, see, you should have caught it the first time. Make it true, just, oh, man. Here we go, here we go, here we go. If you, if you invest in what's not best, you're going to end up stressed. That's why I got to go to the Holy Spirit and say, is this your best? Because the Bible says the blessings of the Lord as no what? Limits. Huh? <laughs> 
Les Mets. <laughs> the blessings of the Lord as no sorrow. If God blesses you, it won't be sorrowful. It may be painful, but it won't be sorrowful. Right? Because the Lord blessed me with an amazing wife, but that's still, there's still challenges in marriage. But there's no sorrow. I don't go home like, man, I wish I didn't marry this woman. That's sorrow. Right? So we'll stop there. And uh, we'll pick up again tomorrow. And so take some time to discern your friends. Tomorrow? Next week. <laughs> same time, same place next week. Love y'all. We're done. Thank you. To God be the Lord. <laughs>